Welcome to Getting Work to Work, a weekly podcast exploring the creative and curious world of work through monologues and conversations with creative entrepreneurs, storytellers, and change makers. When you think about change, what comes to your mind first? Fear and frustration or hope and positive action? Today's guest on Getting Work to Work works in the world of change, practical ways to go from being stuck to making the necessary changes in your life and work. Cyril Kortleven, also known as The Simplifier, is a global speaker on the change mindset. In our conversation, he shares his passion for changing people's hearts and minds, and how change works in organizations. He introduces the three pillars of the change mindset, yes and act, and idea killers, which keep us from making change happen. One thing you'll notice about Cyril is the way he infuses creativity into everything he does. It's certainly infectious. Show notes and links to all the good stuff mentioned in this episode can be found at gwtw.co slash 661. Just starting out right out of the gate, I would love to know what's filling your curiosity tank right now, because you strike me as someone who's very curious. Yeah, I think that's one of the elements or the skills. If you're working in the domain of change or you are working in the domain of creativity, I think one of the elements is that you are curious. You want to know things about the world. It's quite broad, actually. Um, so one of the things that I like, I've, I've worked with a lot of a variety of, of clients in all different kinds of, uh, of industries. And what really gets me is, is, yeah, understanding that sometimes you discover a whole new world. You had no clue that that was a whole industry or business behind it. And yeah, that, that sometimes is quite, quite amazing. I did something for the MSPA. It was an MSPA, never heard of the Mystery Shopping Association. And I think, whoa, there's a whole association for only... You know, that group of people. Uh, and if you think about it, yeah, you know, for them, it's a specialty. But if they can learn something from each other, that's brilliant. At this moment, for me, what I mainly focus on is um, more changing behavior. So I talk or I do still most of my talks on the change mindset, but I'm slowly noticing I'm not a kind of speaker. Some speakers say every year I need a new topic, I need a new book. I'm, <laughs> I'm not that person, so I let it grow a bit more organically. But I'm noticing that the topic of uh, yeah, changing habits, making it very practical to help people to to change some behavior, and mainly for the professional. So, what can a leader do? What can an organization do if they want to change a group of people in a certain direction? Can you focus on the environment? What can you do in the way how you talk to people? So, well, mainly that's that's what's triggering my uh, curiosity thing at this moment. Yeah, I love that because it's that time of the year too where everyone seems to be thinking about change, changing yes. their behaviors, failing at changing those behaviors and 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 going down that progression of shame from I've got all the time in the world and I'm going to be amazing to oh, I I I messed up again. I I'm <laughs> worthless. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of people, immediately when the habits are not working from the start, they immediately stop. Mm -hmm. While, hey, wait a minute, you know, how can you make sure 
that that you can still continue and that you that you still find energy or find methods or or be creative with because a lot of times I also get a little bit freaked out by procedures and rules <laughs> but a lot of processes really help us so you can also use a creative process to to get going and and that's quite interesting to to find the balance between uh, those two yeah one of the things that fascinates me about you Cyril is you are known as the simplifier how did you earn that nickname? Because it's a great story there. <laughs> yeah. What, um, one of the things, so I mainly at this moment work as a professional speaker. I come from the training, did a lot of uh, facilitating most of the time in the domain of creativity and innovation. So a lot of brainstorming sessions. But one of the things that I, I've noticed, certainly in the role as a speaker, you only have a very limited amount of time to share your story. And I can probably talk two, three weeks about this topic. You know, I'm very enthusiastic about it. I'm passionate about it. But you only have 45 minutes, 60 minutes. So you have to reduce the content and, and make a lot of choices. So one of the things that, that I specialize a little bit in is what's the the most simple version that I can bring that still delivers a lot of value because you can make it so simple that you can't do anything any anything with it anymore. But how can I make it very practical? How can I make it very easy that it still triggers something with people and they will still remember it? So that's where the term, yeah, I'm even not sure if it is an English word. <laughs> Everybody probably gets it. Yeah. But I believe that with a few simple principles, we can already solve 80% of a lot of the challenges that we have. And we still need some experts, you know, for the last 20%. But if we have a few guidelines, a few simple rules, we can already do so many things instead of trying to, to control everything. Because that's also something that I'm seeing in a lot of organizations and, and government is also very good at it. You know, we come up with a rule and another rule and another rule, and we try to control everything. But I think if we can give everybody a few good guidelines and then a little bit of common sense, maybe that's that's missing in society a little bit sometimes. But I think we can already make life so much easier. So that's where, where the term, the simplifier is coming from. With everything what I do, I try to make it as simple as possible, but that it still makes sense that that's that we still can do something with it. I, I love that too because as you're describing, you know, searching for that that I don't know, it's it's like that atom. It's like the the building blocks that yes, it all goes down to that very simple form of existence. And and to me, the thing that I've always wrestled with change is I dismiss the little things thinking that it needs to be those broad gestures, those massive actions. It's like, I want to lose 50 pounds, so I'm going to go from eating 3,000 calories to starving myself at 1,200, yeah. as opposed to maybe you just need to go for a walk every day. Yes, but the, 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 uh, that's absolutely the essence, and I think sometimes... We indeed also, if you talk about innovation, we immediately think about the big 
revolutions and the big things. But if you look more at the personal level or professional level of it is, I think it's about the small things. If 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 you are with a group with of hundred people and they do one small thing a little bit different, it has a huge impact. Yeah. And chances that it will happen also become bigger because in the example that you that you're giving, you make your goal so big that you are demotivated quite quickly because yeah. you know after two meals you already you're already starving. You say I'm not I'm not going to do this anymore. Right. But if you say hey let's start with I'm going to eat at least one veggie or a piece of fruit every day. No, that's quite small. That's easy. And probably it takes a little bit longer, but if you're consistent in it, the impact will be bigger. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I think I think that's one of the reasons why New Year's resolutions and this time of year is so frustrating because there yeah. is that confusion between big and small. Yeah, yeah, and of course, you know what? What is a strange thing with with, with the New Year's resolution? Apparently. For us human beings, in our imagination, at that moment, you know, from the 31st of December to the 1st of life is totally different. No, it's not. You know, you're still in the same context. You have the same people around you. You have the same things that that stimulate you, that, that triggers you. So... And there is nothing wrong with with taking that moment to reflect and look. Okay, what are things that I want to to change? But don't think that it that it will be easy. So it's rather indeed to have some goals that's very good to to reflect what what went well for last year. What what do you want to do this year? And and those can be big. I think those goals can be can be ambitious. But in the execution keep it very small and, and and say, hey, for this month, I'm going to change one small habit a little bit. And then after that month, you say, hey, that worked. You know what I'm now going to do? I'm going to make a walk instead of, uh, you know, 15 minutes, I'm going to 20 minutes. And it becomes easier and easier to do those things. Uh, yeah. But in, but in theory, it sounds <laughs> very interesting to... Uh, to to take the big goals and imagine that it immediately changes, but in reality, it always looks different. Mm. Yeah. What what I love about this topic of change is that it can be so theoretical, yet so practical. And yeah. And so you know we're we're throwing the word change out. We're giving all of these different scenarios and contexts. But from your perspective, do you have a working definition of what change is? Yeah. For me, what I already I'm not sure, probably a definition will pop up, but one of the things change is indeed such a big term like creativity or communication. You can go in a million different ways to, to look at it. For me, what I'm focusing on is really what I call the change mindset, because I believe that if you really want to change something in an organization, it starts from from the mindset and at this moment i'm pointing at my head and my heart i guess it's it's the combination um and for me it's you you have a certain goal you want to go from a to b and the part in between that would be the change and how can you make that part as simple as possible that would be my my goal or would maybe even be be a kind of definition how can i go from a to b 
with the least resistance uh, and, and taking certain steps to to make sure that it happens, to increase the chance that, that we will have success. Yeah. I love that you pointed at your head and your heart because normally when we think of mindset, normally when I think of mindset, it's all about the head. Yes. No. How does the heart enter the picture? It's, 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 for me, it's the driver of change. So you can theoretically say, I want to, you know, I should do, let's take an, an example in more personal uh, atmosphere. I want to live a healthier life. You know, that's what I should stop smoking. I should do some sport. And, but is that what you really want? You know, or is it society that's, that's saying, should stop smoking you can't do this and and probably there is something inside you that also triggers hey i i would like to do it because then um you know my condition would be better or i can do other challenges that i really want to do but it starts from that other challenge and and the 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 really the what's your inner motivation is it really that what you want to do and if you can't grab that thing you will you will use your willpower to to try for example take the the stop smoking i never smoked so i don't know <laughs> what it is to to resist it but i can imagine that a lot of people they say it because society is saying it but what's your real goal behind it why do you want to stop i want to do a little bit more sport or okay then that's your main driver and and listen to it and if the stopping smoking is part of, of that goal that's really intrinsic, then it also becomes, the chance again becomes bigger and that it will be a little bit easier to really achieve it. So it, it is a combination. You need to make a plan, mm -hmm. but you need to feel, is it really something that I want? And, and it will be a lot easier if you're really motivated and passionate to do something. Yeah. I, I love that you just mentioned listening too, because we're sometimes we're so focused on exterior listening, listening no. to what the world's yes. telling us that no. we neglect listening to that inner no. drive, that inner motivation. And it's I really believe that there's something that you can train to to learn to listen better and and to start to feel you know, maybe other triggers in your environment to feel, is this good for me or not? You know, sometimes you're meeting people and you think, ah, oh, you know, I'm not sure if you like this energy, but you, you can't grasp it. But the more you, you train it and the better you know the goals that you want to achieve, the easier it becomes to, to really listen to it and say, hey, wait a minute, do, do you really want this conversation? Or I step out or I... I I choose to to spend more time with people that give me a lot more energy and, and yeah yeah that's important there's there's mm. it's really important I I don't think I realized how important that is when it comes to change is that listening and being yes. willing to step away from those things that are draining you or that you don't want yeah and it does definitely also something to do with uh because i can share a few steps what i mean about the change management what what it means for me um but for me it all comes down to becoming more conscious and that's also what you're saying you know it's listening to and 
you know, maybe you call it gut feeling, maybe you call it intuition, maybe you call it a higher spirit, <laughs> whatever you call it, all is fine, but but start listening to it and, and dare to, to trust it and become a bit more conscious about it. How can I listen to it better? How can I make also my decisions, uh, take more conscious decisions? Because that helps you to go in a certain direction. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this idea of change mindset, the head and the heart. Let's hit rewind now. When did you first like see this this concept of change and and point your entire career at it? Yeah, it it was a hard decision, absolutely. I I started to analyze it afterwards and then i could could place it and and my brain said oh yeah that was the reason why it happened yeah. but i'm absolutely sure it it was something energy wise that happened it's already i would say 20 years ago at that moment i studied economics but to be really honest i had no clue in what direction i wanted to work uh, i was thinking probably a smaller company maybe becoming self-employed because being part of a big organization was not really my uh my thing and i at that moment i had the chance to become a management trainee so we worked uh for two years in four different companies we got a lot of training one of the training trainings was on creative thinking creativity and that was quite new for me for me creativity was doing something with art and and you can't do anything with creativity and business those were two mm -hmm. separate worlds for me but then I learned, hey, wait a minute, with brainstorming methods and, and having a creative attitude, it really helps also to go forward in, in business. So I was quite triggered after the training and I checked, is there a company, an organization doing something in, in that domain? And it was quite lucky or not, to be really honest. I think a lot of things come to you when you have the rights and you're authentic and open mindset you will see more things that are happening uh, in the world. So I discovered there was an organization in Belgium, the Center for Development of Creative Thinking, started by two professors who wanted to have next to the logical thinking, also a bit more the, the lateral thinking, the creative thinking. So I followed the training with them. And then, man, I, I, I fell in love. It, it was, the feeling was that a new world had opened. So before I was, I studied economics. So I learned one plus one is two, and that's the only solution. And that works, you know, in mathematics, mm -hmm. but in the, in the real world where we're living, <laughs> a lot of times there's not one answer. And with creativity, I learned, hey, wait a minute, you know, depending on the context, maybe there is an alternative solution. And maybe even a third alternative solution. And then you get into the brainstorming. And just knowing that there are more ideas or paths or alternative routes to a certain solution, that gave me so much yeah, rest that is, okay, I, I will never get stuck. Because if I get stuck, there will be a different route. And probably I have to invest time, I have to invest money, I have to do a lot of efforts to get there. But with this kind of attitude or with creativity, I can I can go in so many directions. 
and, and that that was a start for me. That was wow. I want to stay in this domain, and uh, I, I I did. So I I worked for that same organization for four years as an office manager, and then I started. Uh, I became self-employed. Five or six years working as a trainer. Five or six years working as a facilitator or brainstorming sessions. And now the last six years uh, mainly as a speaker. And the topic changed a little bit from creativity and innovation, but more to to the change mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where it started. Yeah, and I love that too because I think it going back to that moment where you can see the future, you you're excited by what this promise of creativity is and yet there was still that moment where you weren't all the way in yet you still had to make that internal shift of this is what i see to this is who i am this is who i can be yeah and that's where where the real change starts because now suddenly i had a vision i had hey wow I, i want to go in that direction and then you can start taking steps and that's again the importance of of the heart you know i, I felt so passionate i to be really honest if that company had asked me to work for free i would have done it <laughs> because i was so excited maybe after a year i'm not sure what what would have happened but just the, the energy was so high that it really drove me and it made quite a lot of steps quite quickly. Yeah. Mm. At any point in that excitement, did you feel that sister emotion at all of fear? Yes. Yes. It popped, it popped up uh, a lot of times. And, and a lot of times the fear was coming from, from my head mm. that, that you get all those thoughts uh, like probably everybody you know do do we have the right skills is this really something for me uh, and then all the the social conversations mainly in your head you know a lot of times the conversation are not really there from your parents and your friends and hey but you should follow a career in that domain that will you will earn a lot more money and I thought, you know, do I want to earn more money? Or <laughs> I started to ask myself a lot of questions, and that helped me, maybe not to get rid of the fear, but at least to to put it in in a bigger perspective. Uh, but definitely, yeah, it happened at, at several stages during, uh, yeah, the whole process, and still at, th- at this moment, you get more and more confident. Mm-hmm. And, and doing certain things. And at this moment, it also really feels good to be in the spot. But there is always that that all also helped me. I can I can decide during this conversation that I go in a totally different direction, mm-hmm. you know, and starting tomorrow. Why not? You know, probably you have to learn new skills and and, and start over, but that is possible. And that's where I guess a lot of people who are in their golden cage. You know they are. Uh, they have reached a certain age. They they have they they earn good money. They have their family, and they feel a little bit stuck because they and that that's again where the fear comes in. Mm-hmm. Am I going to risk to to give this up and 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 go for an adventure? Yeah, and this is a decision indeed that you have to make, but. It is possible, and and sometimes you forget the 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 positive positive things that can 
happen. I mean, mainly look at the negative things that and that that's fear. You know, it's happening for a reason. You know, it's still in our brain that we want to survive, but the world has changed so much that we, I guess, we see so many fears that are that are not there in reality. You know, the worst thing that can happen. Okay, <laughs> if you go in a different direction and it's not working for you, you want to just start being self-employed. Yeah. You go back to your old career, you know, go back to your old boss and say, hey, do you still want me? Or you have so much experience that you probably can find a different route. Okay, then you can say, hey, I've lost half a year. No, I think you 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 experimented and you've learned so many things that maybe that's not your part. But at least you will be happy, you know, at the end of your life and you look, hey, at least I tried it. Mm-hmm. There are so many people who, who didn't dare to to go on a certain route i love that focus on fear and the individual let's talk briefly about fear and the organization how does the change mindset of individuals address the fear that organizations can often face when it comes to experimenting and trying and innovating and growing yeah Indeed, what I think one of the things that you have in an organization is that sometimes it's uh, you have so many things from the past that you have to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. So I really see difference between, for example, a startup and, and a company that already exists for a longer time. There is a lot more fear in, in the big organization, while if you really think about it, I think the startup should be more fearful because they they don't have a base yet they don't have an experience a lot of they a lot of things can go wrong mm-hmm. but if you think about it and look look at it in a bit more detail a lot of times they've built up so many systems and control systems and procedures and because in the past maybe something went wrong mm-hmm. and what happens then a lot of times recreates a procedure or a process or a rule or system or and what we try to do we do it with a good intention to make sure that it doesn't happen again but sometimes I ask myself to guys hey but wait a minute you know by adding a kind of a rule you're also limiting a lot of other people who are not making that mistake so suddenly everybody has to fill out a certain paper or document that takes quite a lot of time while the problem would only occur once a year. So maybe we should just accept that it happens sometimes. And if somebody makes a mistake, it is totally okay to have a conversation about it, but do we need to make a rule? And I think that's one of the reasons why the fear in in organizations is bigger than an individual that's ambitious and and wants to go in a certain direction. you have to conquer more system. It's harder to to break through all those patterns. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the culture, the company culture is also a crucial element there um, because some people, they, they welcome experiments and you can try out things. And if something goes wrong, it's fine. We learn from it. While other organizations and, and cultures, it's, ooh, you know, just giving it. <laughs> idea is already very scary and 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 it has something but that's i think that's for 
both as well individual as as uh, the organization one of the biggest fears that i see when it comes to to change is fear for the unknown we we don't know what will happen so if you want to change something yeah will it work i don't know no nobody knows it's it's new that's that's innovation that's the definition of innovation we try something that we haven't tried before otherwise it would be it would be logical thinking and but then sometimes we we stick so much time to to the negative aspects what can go wrong that we don't see the possible opportunities mm -hmm. hey what if it works whoa then then you know but we, we don't have the time we don't have money we don't so we rather stick to a process or or something where we know what the end result will be even if the result is mediocre instead of <laughs> trying something new okay there, there is a chance that it will be even worse okay but then we can always back go back to the old system but there is also a big chance that it will be better that it will save time that it will save money that it, that it will be easier um but then human beings have a little bit of tendency to to the negative side you know yeah. also in the news the whole media um yeah it doesn't really help to to have a really <laughs> positive mindset to the world so, yeah. i do get the impression though cyril that the change mindset is built upon that hope and possibility and optimism of change yeah absolutely maybe what what might be interesting uh chris is i have a few pillars that that i use they're quite that i share them and i hope that people can immediately also apply them uh because it is indeed hope in a positive mindset but hope is nice if you don't put action to it you know it, it, what 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 can we really do now can we make really a change so for me there are, are three simple pillars and um yeah i've written i've written a whole book on this topic by the way i don't call it a book i call it a bookazine you know it's a book <laughs> with with the layout of a magazine i'm not sure if, if the if the word exists yeah i didn't find a publisher for it because it was too complicated they like you know a standard uh, process mm -hmm. so if people want uh, more info, um, they, they can definitely find more on my website or the book. But if I should summarize my whole book in three words, it would be yes and act. What would the yes be? The yes stands for me, suspend your judgment. Mm -hmm. So if you want to change something in our life, uh, it starts for me with, with the yes. Can we can we look at the yes? And I created, and of course the listeners can't see it, but I created a coaster with a red side and a green side. With on the red side, you see all kind of what I call idea killers. Yes, but we don't have money. We don't have time. It doesn't work like that in the US. It doesn't work like that. We are too big. We're too small. And they are not excuses because a lot of times there's a lot of reality in there but they come too early if you want to change something it would be very good if you can go to what i call the idea boosters can we go into the the yes and atmosphere for a moment mm -hmm. so for example let's say um the big idea or dream that you have is i want to i want to go to new zealand you know other side of the world 
And they can say, yes, but it costs a lot of time. Yes, but I don't have the money. Yes, but I don't know anybody there. Yes. And you can come up with a lot of excuses and reasons why it's not going to work. Suspend your judgment. That would be my, my first advice. What would happen if you go into yes and? Hey, Chris, together we're going to, to New Zealand. Yes, and maybe we can see if, if they also have a podcast on this topic there. You know, maybe I can already be a guest. Uh, yes, and maybe we can explore, you know, what's happening in that culture. Can we learn something that, that would be relevant for? Yes, and maybe... We, we we start with online interviews that doesn't cost a lot of money. Yes, and maybe in two years, we do a visit and we do a tour. You know, if you go into the yes and, you, you, you already get in a more positive atmosphere, but you're looking at possibilities. And sometimes it becomes a little bit more, you know, also unrealistic that you make it bigger and bigger. But it doesn't mean that you have to do all that stuff. You know, if we go into the yes and we can pick several elements that that might be uh, that might be relevant. Love that. Yeah, just a very practical way how we how we can use this. And and for example, a meeting. I call this a three minute rule. What's the three minute rule? In your next meeting, you have ten agenda points. I would say nine of them logical thinking. Make the decisions what you normally do. I'm not the yes and guy or the yes guy. You have you have to watch that movie. Uh, I'm more the common sense guy. If if nine out of ten of those things are working, please keep on doing it. You know, if everybody's happy. But if there's one agenda point where you could use some creativity, you know, a lot of companies, for example, at this moment are suffering. How can we find new people, recruit new people? But everybody is having the same question. So maybe for that agenda point, you want to get some more creative ideas. How, how can we attract new people? At that moment, what you do, you put uh, the coaster. Or by the way, if people uh, are interested, you can go to ideakillers.net. I will share the link with you. You can download the poster, print it, put it in, uh, in your office. And then you say for three minutes, no idea killers. Everything is possible. You can do whatever you want. But if there is anybody, you know, maybe you, Chris, you say, yeah, but if tried it before and did it work, then it's like European soccer, you get a red card. Yeah. What does it mean? You killed one idea. The punishment is you have to come up with two new ideas. Ooh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> so just to also to make you conscious about, hey, wait a minute. When do we say the yes, but? And, and, and this is, for me, what, what I referred to to before is becoming more conscious of it because you know unconsciously and even i do it every day that i say yes but i wait a minute you know is it really yes but or or is it more uh, an excuse so that's step number one step two is is the end look at the world from a different angle a lot of times if you are a marketing specialist you look at the world from the point of view of market which is lo logical and it makes sense you know you also paid for it so it's very good but sometimes we get stuck in it because we only look from that point of view. My second recommendation would be, can you, can you look at the world from, from a different angle? And again, the listeners won't, won't see it, but they have a little artwork. And if you look at the artwork from one point of view, you see the word no. But if you would look at it from a different angle, it would become a yes. 
you know, and the artwork didn't change, but but it's the way how you look at it. And again, maybe this is a very this is my simplifier view. I also believe that the world looks like that. We look at something, you know, maybe the whole pandemic. <laughs> you look at the pandemic, a lot of people say, no, a problem, difficult, it's hard. And other people said, hey, wait a minute, maybe we can do something with it. Maybe we can be more digital and, and be faster in uh, in a certain way. And that brings opportunities. Uh, <laughs> I see you. <laughs> I had to make a note of that. I'm like, okay, capture still frame from the video so that mm. my jaw dropped when that shifted. And so I, I have to make sure to add that to the page yeah. because I think it's it's jaw dropping. I can share the link with the, the videos, a video of 10 seconds where you see the, the little artwork uh, going. But again, what a method that you can use, I call it crossing borders. What's crossing borders? Yeah, literally, what can you learn from a different department? What can you learn from a different organization? How would a competitor do while well, you find a solution for your challenge? What would a different industry do to solve your problem? A different culture. Hey, how would a, a Belgian company, what would they do to, to solve your problem? Or somebody from Mexico, somebody from Namibia. And if you can suspend your judgment at that moment, I'm absolutely sure that you find some potential solutions and again you don't have to do all of them you pick the ones that are relevant you pick the ones where, where you can do something with it and the last step is to act yeah we can talk a lot about ideas and certainly you know in the western world we're very good and if somebody comes up with an idea we organize a meeting to talk about the ID and we create a business plan and a schedule and another meeting and another meeting. And we're three months further and nothing has really happened yet. So the advice that I give there, and I hope it's again a very practical thing that, that you can play with, is what they call a nano action. So what's a nano action? You have limited time, limited amount of money. So we have uh, $10, one hour of time. Because why those two? Those are the two biggest idea killers. We don't have time. We don't have money. They, you know, you can shout it anytime. You know, you don't even have to listen to the idea because probably it's true. We don't have limited, limitless uh, money and time. So, but I'm quite sure the next time when you're having a big plan, you want to change something, instead of sitting behind your desk and trying to create a theoretical plan to 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 see how you can can solve this problem but i would advise is take a nano step you know pick up the phone call a colleague call a client and say hey i have an idea for that. what do you think about it and and see how that person reacts or in what direction things uh, are going and probably you're learning more than the person who's still sitting behind the desk trying to come up with the perfect theoretical plan so taking nano steps, another advantage is you're really moving. You're really doing something in the world. You're not doing it theoretically in your mind. So you immediately get feedback. So that's also a tip that I, that I give people. And that's the yes and act. You know, suspend your judgment, look at the world from different angles and, and take some actions and see what works and what, what doesn't work. So very simple. But for me, it helps to make change a little bit easier. 
Yeah, and he used the word perfect, and I think perfection is often associated with change. I will change when I know it will yield a perfect result. And yet, I mean, at that point, no. <laughs> you need to have a relationship with failure at that point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, th this is a thing we, we can already dive in it that here because it fits it fits quite well what you've noticed with, with the failure. And no, you also did an episode, I guess, mainly on uh, on that topic. Yeah, I interviewed an author of a book who, uh, who wrote a book called Failure Rules, things that he learned from failure and how it changed his life. And it's true. And for me, that fits in for me with, with the last part, with, with the act. You know, you're going to do small experiments. And it's true. Sometimes it works. It's a success. Sometimes it doesn't work. You know, and most of the time we call it a failure. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what what's quite interesting for me, and I think it is also a cultural difference, because I think I have a feeling that that in the US, failure is more okay than in Europe. And in Europe, it's more okay than in Asia, because you say failure in Asia, they already start to freak out. In Europe, it's, it's okay. And I think the US has a bit more, okay, it's okay if you failed. You know, that means that you've learned something, you have experience, but still it has a little bit of negative connotation. So together with, with a group of um, some other colleagues, we've been thinking, can we come up with, with a new word? You know, a word that doesn't exist yet. And we came up with a word uh, called a nearling, a nearling. And maybe at this moment you're thinking, hey, Cyril, your English is not so good. What's a nearling? It's a made up word, so it doesn't exist yet. But what's a nearling? Something that you've done with the right intention, which has not yet led to the right result. So if failure is zero and one is success, what's a nearling? 0 0.1, 0 0.3, 0 0.9. You've, you've tried something, but it's, you know, it just didn't work, but you should be proud of it. You know, you should be proud of, of your nearling because at least you tried something mm -hmm. and there are enough people sitting behind your desk, following all the rules, but they are not learning something new for the organization. You know, you've learned something new. I would say if you have three times the same nearling, I would call it a mistake, you know, or a real <laughs> failure, but you have to adapt your strategy. Maybe it led to something else. You know, take the example, we're going to New Zealand. Maybe New Zealand shouldn't be the goal, but hey, we go to the Aussies. We go we go to Australia. You know, you, you've learned something to, to go in a different direction. And in life, you need a lot of nearlings for a few successes. So we came up a bit with the word to, because a nearling doesn't have a connotation. And you should even be proud of it. But you can imagine... You know, it, it will resonate with the story that you had with, you know, failure rules. It's probably from the same attitude and the same, uh, the same message behind it, I guess. Yeah. There are so many examples that you're sharing, Cyril, of creativity and action. And I hope as people listen to this, that they're taking note. I mean, you, you're using words that you're coining, that you're creating yourself the simplifier, nearling, but then yeah. boogazine, you know, you're, you're doing <laughs> things that are different. And, you know, in, in a way it comes back to that change mindset. Yes. And act you're, you're creating things to get people to think from a different perspective. And, and that's what I love about this conversation. We're coming at mm. a different angle 
for the benefit of the listener, for the benefit of you and me, for the benefit of the people that will stumble across this. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's indeed the purpose. And and if it can make indeed a small change and make it, it, it became my tagline, making change simple. And, and, you know, I can't get rid of all the resistance, but if I can take away a little bit of the resistance to increase the chance that something works, check that 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 would be my my mission and and give people indeed very simple advice you know the 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 id killers the three minute rule it's so small and simple that's that i take away the excuse of ah we're not going to do it it's too complex it's three minutes it's three you know if if, if it doesn't work after three minutes what have you lost we get three minutes but at least you tried it so in that way I try to make it also easier for people to bring it in, you know, also to your boss. If your boss is always complaining or your boss is a, a yes, but guy or girl with using these kind of methods, hopefully it helps a little bit to, to take away a little bit of resistance and, and open up for more opportunities. When you were describing the three minute rule, something popped into my head and, and as, as a creative person myself, I like to give myself parameters. Mm, yes. When I'm working on a project, so like right now I'm working on a a, docu- a short documentary and heading into the project, I'm like, okay, three minutes is my d- ultimate duration. And that was my parameter. But then something happened. When I was editing the film, there was no way that I could make a good three-minute film because the 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 overall structure of what was ultimately created was five to six. Yeah. And so having those, uh, those guidelines are great, but being willing to say, but you know what, over here, you have to let it flex. You have to let it. So you have to let your parameters change too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I guess, and I come back to the thing that we discussed in the beginning, I have a feeling that in a lot of organizations and organizations and society and governments, we've created so many rules, but there is something behind it. We think that a rule has to be there forever and for everybody. Hey, but wait a minute. I can imagine that we have certain procedures. For example, people who are new in the organization that they follow these seven steps and they have to ask three signatures before they start to give out money. Smart, very smart. But somebody who's experienced for 10 years, should he or she still need the three signatures? Or can we say, hey, for a budget under 100 bucks, you can make that choice. And I think that's where a lot of things go wrong, that we think that a parameter that we put out there has to be there forever and for everybody. No, I can imagine that maybe your next documentary you say hey the three minutes i want to strive to that again then and maybe if it is a different topic it it would work because you've thought about it that apparently the three minutes is would be easy but Mm -hmm. if it's not working in that specific case change it you know we we all are working on zoom and teams (laughs) and you know three years ago people were saying no we we can't do it we we can't do homework 
Uh, IT is not ready for it. We don't have budgets for for to work in a more digital way. But then the world had to change. You know, it was all crisis, and suddenly, you know, after a week, everybody everybody <laughs> was working digital and was working from home. And so, you know, what's the context? What's what's what are the requirements that are happening in the world? And and be open. I, I also believe that you giving yourself some limits really helps. If it's too open and probably nothing will happen, but also give yourself the freedom to adapt when necessary. Yeah, a beautiful example. Yeah. Well, sir, as we wrap up our time together, what wisdom would you like to leave with the listener? I would say, don't believe me on my word. <laughs> Just give it a try try it out you know the methods that i'm sharing i'm quite sure that that they will work in in most circumstances so the best advice that i would give is is try out the three minute rule for yourself put on a different hat and and cross some borders take a nano step and 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 see what happens and then if it's working and it's relevant okay what's another thing that you can add so the best advice would be, yeah, do it and, and, and see what worked for you. Start small. That That's definitely an advice that, uh, that I can share, that I want to share. And then see if there are next steps. Okay, you can have a look at a book or I have an online training where you can go in depth and learn more. But but start with the small things and then see if it resonates for you. You yeah. know, there are... There are I'm absolutely not the only person who is who's talking about this topic. So see what what worked for you, what resonates with you, and then uh, take some next steps. Yeah, I love that. One of my takeaways from our time together is something that's kind of bubbling up for me is change is acceptance. Acceptance of yourself, acceptance of the circumstances you're in, because mm. then you stop fighting it, you stop victimizing yourself if that's happening and you accept it so that you can then take steps yeah yeah maybe you want to add i really like it acceptance doesn't mean i stay in the status quo yes acceptance would mean hey the circumstances are different let's take some steps and it is hard work you know i'm, I'm sharing these examples and it sounds very simple but doing it is always uh, a bit harder but i love it yeah change is acceptance of where you want to go and and what are the circumstances that have changed in the world and 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 then start playing with it yeah, yeah. Nice. well last question for you cyril what book podcast or resource is blowing your mind right now uh so nice nice link because it can make a bridge to to question number one so at this moment i'm i'm mainly still talking on on the change mindset but i'm looking how can i bring it a, a step further maybe even more concrete to the how how can i change certain habits or how can we change habits in an organization what can i what can i do in that domain so one of the books that I took back and I'm going more in depth is maybe you've heard of it from uh, James Clear, Atomic mm -hmm. Habits. So yeah. it's about a very small things that you can do. And yeah, I'm finding a lot of new golden nuggets uh, in there. So I'm playing with that one and maybe another one. And it's also, it's, the book is already a little bit older, but it's absolutely in my, uh, in my, my favorites. 
is from um, the brothers Dan and Chip Dan and Chip Heat with uh, Made Made to Stick, and uh, that's a book. It's it's quite interesting. They've done research. Why are certain elements people everybody is remembering it? Why are they sticking? And really important messages, not you know maybe hey we should do something about the environment. <laughs> We keep on talking about it while other stories that are not really true, why do they stick? And they've done some research and they found that there are some very simple elements that you can do. Indeed, the message should be very simple. Can you do something unexpected in there? Can you make it very specific and concrete? And that really helps me to create my speeches, but even create an email, you know, if they want to grab the attention. So, um, Made to stick from Dan and Chip Heat is also one of my favorites. Love it. And then on the topic of of change and habits, I would include Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. Yes. yes. That's one that I've gone back to several times and it's very good. Yeah. And then the, the one from James Clear is a little bit bolding on that, but it started indeed with small habits. Yeah. Very good book. Yeah. One of the things that was surprising and continually blew me away during this conversation was just how many words and phrases Cyril has coined for his own usage. And that got me thinking, when you think about your work and the way you look at the world through your own creative lens, what words can you come up with to describe your thinking? Start to make a list of those words, even the littlest phrases or things that you do or use or stories that you use to describe your thinking. Those are important to catalog, write down, and remember. Use them. They are powerful. They really help you to remember the the things that are important as you communicate them. As I've been sharing throughout the last few episodes of Getting Work to Work, I finally launched the first episode of Getting Work to Work, the series. You can head to gwtw.co and on the redesigned homepage, you'll see links to the first episode with Jack Kent, as well as the link to the Chris Martin Studios YouTube channel, where the series will live into the future. I hope you'll check it out. Jack really is one of those guys that you'll be glad to have spent some time with. Until next time, may creativity and curiosity fuel your life.